Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Mark, we got a lot to get into today that doesn't just include quarterbacks for once. But before, of course, we dive deep into free agency. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm a little exhausted, Evan. It's been a long day. Uh, free agency isn't officially open, uh, you know, until Wednesday. Uh, you know, they call it what the the legalized uh, tampering and the period has begun. And there's been a ton of that has uh, has has gone on for the 49ers. So I'm I'm a little tired trying to keep up with all of it, Evan. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, there's been a lot of tampering and I'm very happy about it because it obviously gives us a lot to react to, a lot to talk about, and a lot to be excited about, quite frankly, because as I mentioned off the top, there's a lot of quarterback news, one quarterback leaving San Francisco, one coming in, and we're going to get to that. But but this, Mark, I, I feel like is indicative of how you know big free agency can be, but especially for a team like the 49ers, because we're not going to start with the quarterbacks. We're not going to start <laughs> with the wide receivers. We're going to start with the defensive line because the 49ers inked former Eagles defensive tackle, interior defensive lineman, Javon Hargrave, to a four-year, $84 million deal, $40 million guaranteed, according to Ian Rappaport. And I'll give you the floor, Mark. I think this is absolutely huge for the 49ers, and I want to know what you thought the moment that you saw the news because, quite frankly, I didn't expect something this big, a big, a big splash like this so early. Yeah, I was surprised. I know we talked a little bit last week uh, about, you know, we were kind of both in the middle thinking the Niners are still in the, you know, fully go for it mode versus trying to play it a little more economical and, and find some diamonds in the rough and and beef up multiple positions instead of maybe get a star at, at one place. Uh, but Javon Hargrave is an absolute stud. You can make the case, Evan, uh, that aside from quarterbacks, he was maybe the, the best free agent out there. You can make that case. And he comes at a premium position, a position that the Niners needed help in. Yes, uh, Eric Armstead has been very good for the 49ers, but was pretty beat up this most recent year and wasn't all too effective this season, to be honest. Javon Hargrave just wrapped up the best season of his career with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he absolutely ran a rough shot all over you in the NFC Championship game. So... 
not only do the 49ers get better themselves, Evan, think about the, the three-headed monster that they have on the defensive line now, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Javon Hargrave, but they also put a serious dent into perhaps their biggest competitor in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is a deal where he is 30 years old. It's a four-year deal. They can get out after three years. Um, it is for an older guy, but it's for a really effective and a really good player at a position the Niners needed some help in, and it hurts a really good team in your conference. So a bit of a risk getting an older player to this big of a deal, Evan, but ultimately I'm surprised the Niners pulled the trigger because I was not expecting them to add someone this good. Javon Hargrave is a stud, and the Niners are immediately better because they have him. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of great points there. And, and of course, the 49ers are a team that first and foremost has built from within. And if you look at the average cap that they spend, defensive line is number one for them. <laughs> and of course, this adds a lot to that uh, for Hargrave, because like you mentioned, Nick Bosa, who is, of course, going to get paid even more yes. uh, later on this offseason. You're looking at Eric Armstead, who takes up a lot, I believe, 10% of the cap by himself. And then, of course, you're adding Hargrave to that. So like you mentioned, a three-headed monster, which is fantastic. And to me, it comes down to three things with this signing ability durability and culpability because on a surface level javon hargrave is a beast i know he's a little bit older but 11 sacks last season for the defense that was arguably second behind the 49ers in football up front arguably may have had the best defensive line of football he was at the head of that he also the third best pass rush win rate of any interior defensive lineman last season. That'll certainly help Eric Armstead along with the rest of that defensive line get loose in the backfield. Number two, the durability. I know you mentioned he's 30 years old, but he's only missed three games in the last seven seasons. So Hargrave has demonstrated an ability to stay on the field as well as, of course, play at a high level. So even though it's $84 million, I know 40 of it is guaranteed. I don't feel too uncomfortable with the 49ers shelling out that much money. And the third part of it, and maybe the most impressive to me for the 49ers, is culpability. Because by giving Hargrave this deal, you do two things. One, you're telling Javon Kinlaw he's not going to be a part of your team for very much longer. As, of course, he was expected to sort of fill that role in the middle, which he has not been able to do since being drafted in the first round, which leads into the second part of this. You are admitting fault for not giving this kind of money yep. to Forrest Buckner a few years ago, who is two years younger, who is just as effective, and was maybe one of the biggest reasons why you made that Super Bowl run in 2019. So the 49ers not only get a great player as far as ability, not only a player that can stay on the field as far as durability, but they're emitting culpability in this entire situation. So to me, it's kind of a three-pronged um, takeaway from this signing that I think is important, not only on the field, but both off the field for the 49ers. You're 100% right. Uh, this was uh, essentially the, a similar contract to what they would have given to Forrest Buckner. You're right. So this is them admitting, hey, that was a mistake, but we're we're not going to make the same mistake twice. We're going to own it and, and learn from it, move on, and get better as a result. That's a really good point. Uh, you just look at, I mean, Javon Hargrave, you talk about the sack numbers. It's easy to just say 11 sacks. That's impressive. But again, this is from the defensive tackle position, Evan. Not often do you see defensive tackles on the interior of the defensive line rack up double-digit sacks. You look at some of his ranks among other defensive tackles in the league. How did he stack up top five in just about every 
uh, pass rush grade, number three in pass rush grade by PFF, third in total pressures, third in pass rushing productivity, and fifth in pass rush win rate, which you already mentioned. So you're not just putting another big body there who's going to eat up some blockers. You're putting a guy in the middle of that defense who is going to disrupt and destroy opposing offenses, not just in the run game, but in the pass game. That is his specialty. And then you're going to get offensive lines trying to figure out how the hell do we block Nick Bosa on the edge and Javon Hargrave up the middle. You're going to free up. Maybe it takes a blocker away from Nick Bosa on certain days. Maybe it takes a blocker away from Javon Hargrave. It's going to make it so much more difficult on opposing defenses to have two elite pass rushers coming from different parts of the defensive line on the field at the same time. Now, Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa, is another, they're not every down players. Javon Hargrave for the last few years has played about two of every three snaps, but that's normal for a defensive tackle as well. There aren't many out there that play every single snap. So a huge, huge, huge moment for the 49ers to get Javon Hargrave. I was not expecting it. I was certainly expecting a name or two uh, on the defensive line for the 49ers, but not Javon Hargrave. He has been incredible the last couple of years. He seems to be getting better as every year goes along. Now, again, he is in his 30s now. At least when this next season starts, he will be. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, of course. But even if he, he just plateaus and stays at this level for a year or two, it's a gigantic addition for the 49ers. Yeah, and look, last year, obviously, the 49ers made not a big splash like this, but gave a large amount of money to Charverius Ward. That worked out. This is more of a prototypical splash signing. But it also signals that this team, kind of how they were willing to go and trade picks for Christian McCaffrey, knowing that they were going to get some back and uh, getting a ridiculous amount of compensatory picks, as, as, as we have talked about. <laughs> they know that they have an ability to sort of replenish certain positions, but they also recognize where they can, um, I guess, take advantage of both the market as well as um, where they want to get better. Look, this is a defensive line that maybe not is not going to need Hargrave, like you mentioned, on the field for every single snap. That's not really how the 49ers operate. They like to use sort of line changes. They'll bring in different guys. And I think the fact that they brought back Kevin Givens on a one-year deal as well today signals the fact that they are willing to both spend for talent as well as depth. And I think it also shows that they're willing to sort of learn, not necessarily from their mistakes, but from where other teams were able to succeed. And what was the one thing that, that sort of stood out at least in the Super Bowl to me, was how dominant both the interior parts of both lines on defense were, specifically the Chiefs and, and Chris Jones, who, who absolutely wrecked that game. But the amount of times you saw Jalen Hurts running for his life because of interior pressure, the amount of times that we saw Patrick Mahomes a few years ago in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay running for his life due to interior pressure shows that the 49ers are able to sort of see that and want to get better at that spot. And this is outside of maybe Deron Payne, who has signed and got also a big deal in free agency. Um, the second best lineman, I, I think it was pro football talk that had um, Hargrave as their fifth best free agent available. So obviously, like this is a highly sought after coveted guy. And even though he's 30 years old, uh, the 49ers have had some success with 30 plus year old and 30 plus year old players being productive. Trent Williams being the biggest one of them. 
quite literally. Uh, so I, I love this deal from every single sense of what it signals, both for now as well as uh, where the 49ers want to go. It's interesting because literally moments after the Niners signed or the, 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 the signing was reported, again, nothing can become official until Wednesday, but moments after the news broke on Twitter that the Niners were signing Javon Hargrave to a four-year, $84 million deal, you got the news that the Broncos were signing former Niners right tackle Mike McGlinchey to a five-year deal for $87.5 million. So uh, we talk a lot about, you know, what defensive tackle were you expecting? Okay, maybe not Javon Hargrave. But in a matter of moments, Evan, you saw firsthand what side of the line they're prioritizing this offseason. And it's clear that it's the defensive line. That is what they're prioritizing. Now, obviously, no, no one is trying to say the offensive line isn't important. Of course it is. But this seems like a conscious choice, Evan, of the 49ers. And, and maybe they feel the offensive line market is a little more out of whack. I know there was a lot of people talking about that deal uh, that Mike McGlinchey got five years, $87.5 million, over $50 million guaranteed, according to Ian Rappaport. That's a lot of money. So maybe the 49ers felt that money was better spent elsewhere on the defensive line and for Javon Hargrave. I think that's a fair decision, but they all they are also telling you, you know, they're drawing a line in the sand. We value an elite defensive line over an elite offensive line. Maybe that's because of all the skill weapons that they have on offense. Maybe they think with Brock Purdy back and healthy, he, he can get the ball out quick, and they don't need an offensive line that can protect a quarterback for five, six, seven seconds. I'm not so sure what their internal thought process is, Evan, but whatever it is, they have reached the conclusion they would rather spend big on the defensive line than the offensive line. Yeah, we'll find out what they continue to do in free agency. And and look, I, I just think it's, it's a spot where they felt um, – there is a, a great player available that is, in a lot of ways, irreplaceable. Not that Mike McGlinchey is, but you know, I think them signing Colton McKivitz to a two-year deal kind of signaled that that might be the direction they go at right tackle. Jake Brendel is obviously an option they have to figure out if they're going to bring back or not. And then they have kind of a young offensive line outside of Trent Williams around them. So... And and look, their their offense is predicated on running and getting the ball out quickly. So it's probably easier to replace those slots up front, um, especially if you don't have to pay that price. I also saw, I think it was Chris Lindstrom for the Falcons signed like a five-year, $105 million deal as a guard, not even a tackle. So the offensive line market has been bumped way up. And I think the 49ers are going, they feel comfortable that they're going to get bang for their buck. Uh, and this guy's been on the field, Hargrave has for the majority of, his entire NFL career. So like, I, I think it's it's great no matter how you slice it. Um, of course, they also signed a few days ago to Sean Gibson uh, to a one-year $2.9 million deal. But, you know, I think the, the 49ers are in a place where they maybe had one move to make if there was going to be a splash move, and this was it. So I, I don't, like, whether you want to give it an A or a B or whatever grade you feel like, I feel like this was a, a well-spent amount of money for them on Javon Hargrave. Yeah, and, and before we move to quarterbacks, I know there's a couple of guys we got to talk about here. You mentioned Tashawn Gibson a couple of days ago. I thought that was a good decision for the 49ers. That seems to be worth the money if he plays similar to how he played this most recent year. That seems like a bargain. I thought it also told me in the moment, well, 
bye-bye to Jimmy Ward. And as we're recording right now, Evan, here on Monday evening, news has broke. Jimmy Ward is going to the Houston Texans to, uh, to you know, rejoin his former defensive coordinator, now his head coach, D'Amico Ryan. So Jimmy Ward, uh, no longer a 49er, according to reports. Again, as we're recording Monday night, that just broke. Uh, as you're listening uh, on, on Tuesday morning, you probably already heard this by now. I, I won't say it's too surprising, Evan, given the Tashawn Gibson signing, given what he was able to do for the 49ers last year. I think it confirms perhaps that their plan is to go after Emmanuel Mosley as he continues to rehab from his ACL tear. We will see about that as the days go along, Evan. Uh, but Jimmy Ward's tenure with the 49ers, the longest tenured 49er, of course, until now is is no longer. So uh, congratulations to Jimmy Ward and, and uh, Bon Voyage, I guess. Enjoy Houston. Yeah, and I know they also made another under-the-radar signing and plucking of Hassan Ridgeway, a backup mm-hmm. defensive lineman for the 49ers earlier today. So, look, that that's kind of what happens. Not only you get your defensive coordinator poached, but typically they take a couple of pieces with them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Aziz Al-Shair, who's a free agent, potentially also join the Houston Texans because I know he's very close to D'Amico Ryan. So that that's kind of the game you play. But it will not overshadow what just happened today with the 49ers, of course, agreeing to terms with defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. And, and maybe another thing that flew under the radar I want to mention, Mark, that you, you hit on early was the fact that it also weakens Philadelphia's defensive yep. line and their team, which already has a multitude of top flight free agents, not all of which, of course, will be able to come back. And their defensive line, which was also based on a few pickups, such as Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph, guys that will not probably be back next season so they are also hampered by this signing as well with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network 95.7 The Game. Please download, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Five stars, much appreciated. Okay, Mark, we went 20 minutes roughly without talking about quarterbacks. That That's might be, be a record. record. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to get to it now. And... uh it's interesting because even though they, the 49ers did bring in a quarterback, obviously the biggest news concerning the quarterback room is Jimmy Garoppolo. After six years, his run is finally over in San Francisco. As uh, for those of you watching on YouTube can see at the bottom, Jimmy Garoppolo signs a three-year deal and uh, $67.5 million with the Raiders. I know the guaranteed money was kind of... Um, if I saw multiple reports on it, but the matter of the fact is Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer with the Niners. And in fact, he's with the Raiders. So for all those Raider fans complaining about, uh, you know, who is Jimmy G? Is he uh, Jimmy INT? He's Jimmy W, <laughs> but he's not really responsible for wins. And Derek Carr's a better quarterback. Well, uh, you're going to have to figure that one out for yourself. And um, Jimmy Garoppolo, for the first time in what feels like forever, uh, will not be a topic of conversation in San Francisco this season. Well, it might be. I don't know. It depends how he plays, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it depends true. how he plays with, with the Raiders. But um, on the uh, Garoppolo versus Carr conversation, 
the market has told you that Jimmy Garoppolo does not sniff Derek Carr. Because, again, Garoppolo, as you can see there on the bottom, <laughs> three years, $67.5 million. That's about yeah. $22.5 million per year. Remember what Derek Carr signed, $37.5 million per year. Daniel Jones was even higher than that, $40 million per year. Geno Smith, of course, with the Seahawks. 25 million per year. So the market at least is telling you that Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst of that bunch of four. Now that doesn't always mean how teams across the league feel about them, but it's interesting of it. I know last week I asked you, I think I set the over under around 27 and a half million per year, maybe 28 and a half. I don't really remember. You picked the under and, and you were right, but Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't think you were expecting it to be this low. This seems like a bit of a bargain for the Raiders. No, the number I had in mind was about 25 million, but I also wasn't sure he would get three years. Now, I, I, I mean, it's not doesn't pertain much to 49ers fans anymore. But when I was looking at his deal, there is a potential out after the first season for the Raiders. And if they so choose to bring him back, that second year salary, I believe, drops down to roughly uh 15 ish million dollars and then if they want to release him after the second season his cap hit would only be in the single digits so the raiders honestly i thought got a really good deal for jimmy yeah. garoppolo and they have somewhat of a you know a high high pick they can go out and get a quarterback and so it seems like they're setting themselves up for jimmy g to be a placeholder which i think you and i were both on the same page that would be the best role for him to either come in and compete for a job or hold the job while a rookie or a young quarterback is being developed. So, you know, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is is quietly by the end of this contract, should he fulfill it, make his way up to two hundred million dollars in career earnings. So, even though I think it's a fair deal for the Raiders, um, and I expected Jimmy maybe to get a little bit more money, at the end of the day, he's he's a finesse king. I I, I got to tip my cap. Do you think Raider fans will be uh, more happy with him as opposed to Derek Carr? Because I don't know. I'm. There are definitely parts of his game where you can say, all right, he's better than Derek Carr there. He generally is less turnover prone. Uh, he generally is better in the red zone, um, but he's not as flashy. Now, he's he's never played with a receiver, one singular receiver as good as Devontae Adams, so so maybe that, that changes some things and he's able to open up the field a little bit more. I'm not so sure. Um, I know there are a lot of Raider fans out there, uh, including a number that, that – work with us here at 95.7 The Game who are happy with the, the decision. And, and I think it's more so because of the money and everything that you're talking about, Evan. It seems to be relatively friendly economically. Like, you know, money-wise, it seems to be team-friendly. But there is also a part of me, Evan, who we, we get to week four and the Raiders are one and three and Jimmy Garoppolo's only thrown for three touchdowns. I think you're going to be a gigantic segment of Raider fans who are as upset and done with Jimmy Garoppolo as the Niners have been for the last couple of years. Yeah, I started sending some text messages out to a few of my friends. Obviously, we're friends <laughs> of people at the station or Raiders fans. And then being from the Bay Area, I'm sure we both know a lot of Raiders oh, fans. Yeah. And shocker, Mark, it was pretty split. Some people, <laughs> Some people couldn't stand the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play in the silver and black. And others were, huh, you know, this is actually kind of a smart deal. And I think the Raiders <laughs> might have actually made a decent move. Uh, knowing the Raiders, things will probably go south. But one thing that I did see was Devontae Adams actually uh, talk about it a little bit. I think he put it on Instagram, just a, a blank 
picture with a statement. I mean, at this point, Mark, if I'm Devontae Adams, I might be a little pissed that I got traded to a team, signed a max deal, thought I was going to be playing with a quarterback, and then now I can play with Jimmy Gray. Just be Raiders fans. It might also be Raiders receivers that might not be too happy. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm not so sure it's going to be great, but let's let's uh, think about what Raider fans should actually be rooting for. What would be best for the organization? Let's say, I mean, they're probably you, you're probably right. They're going to draft a quarterback uh, with their first round pick. Um, I don't know. Part of me thinks this is not the time to draft a quarterback. You run out there with Jimmy Garoppolo and your team sucks. Let's just let's say that happens and you get the first pick in next year's draft and you have one of the best quarterback uh, prospects coming out in a really long time in Caleb Williams. That could be an option for the Raiders. I'm I'm not saying that I think they're going to purposefully tank. Maybe there is someone good enough that they feel comfortable enough taking at the quarterback position with their first pick this year. Um, but but that's out there as well. I'm not so sure what's the best course of action for the Raiders. This does seem like a discount at a quarterback spot for the for for a team that knows that this isn't the quarterback of the future. It's a stopgap, whether it's one year, two years, all three years, we will find out. Um, but I think the other side of this, Evan, is this is also what's best for Jimmy Garoppolo. He had to get out of Santa Clara for his own good. I know he's had a lot of success here. It's it's been up and down, however, and, and he's had to deal with a lot of disappointment and a lot of blame has come his way. Um, but he deserves a fresh start. He obviously knows Josh McDaniel from their time together with the Patriots. He feels comfortable enough in that system, of course. Otherwise, I'm sure he would not have agreed to this. Um, but good for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm happy he got an opportunity. I hope the Raiders give him a fair chance. It's yet to be seen. Um, but, but he deserves this. So I'm happy for him and I'm happy he gets to move on somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry if I broke up there for a second, Mark. Um, I do want to ask you, and I'm curious what also listeners at home think about it. Like if you had to pick a word to describe the Jimmy Garoppolo era or just his play, like what, what's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind? The first word that came to mind for me was tenuous. Because, um, I don't know, it's been so up and down and you kind of felt like it's been teetering on the edge of being done for a number of years now. Um, I remember the year he got hurt at the end of the season, the season before that they they drafted Trey Lance. What was that? The 2019 season. Uh, yeah, 2020, the, I think. 2020 season. He got he threw two terrible interceptions the game up in Seattle against the Seahawks, the Niners lost to a middle of the pack Seattle team. Um, And then he got hurt towards the end. And I think he missed the rest of the season. And I said, I I think this is it. This is the end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era. That was a year before, of course he said, see ya after the NFC championship game loss to the Rams. And that was a year before when he actually had played his final game for the 49ers. So I was a couple, couple years early on that. Uh, but it's kind of felt like that for a while, Evan. So off the top of my head, I don't know, tenuous is the word I would use to describe it because it has felt um, like it's been teetering on the edge of disaster, on the edge of collapse for a while, and and now it's finally over. So um, I don't know, I have to think about it a little bit more, but tenuous came to came to mind first. 
Yeah, I, I don't think he's completely divisive, but polarizing was the first word that came to my mind just because as much as you can talk about his shortcomings as a player versus how much money he's made from the organization, he does seem to have these strangely redeeming qualities, <laughs> at least inside of the locker room and around the organization. So much to the point that, like you said, he probably he probably felt like he was dead man walking when he got hurt in 2020, but played out the rest of his contract and then said, see ya, but then got brought back and then turned that into nearly $70 million somewhere else. It's, it, 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 he has one of the more interesting, well, I don't know about interesting, but strange NFL careers for a quarterback because, and look, he's playing in a time when quarterbacks are making fistful of dollars left and right. And I mean, he's just been writing checks or picking them up. It's him and Don E have done a fantastic job at maximizing his, his talent uh, because it's weird. Like in new England, a lot of people were not big fans of Jimmy Garoppolo. And after he left, they came out and said so from Julian Edelman to Martellus Bennett. But then in San Francisco, everyone seems to love him to the point where George Kittle is wearing feels great baby jerseys after, you know, the NFC championship, one of which Garoppolo didn't even play. And now he's gone and people are raising the roof and they're happy. But then there's some that are also still saying this is a great deal for the Raiders. It's just it is such a perplexing person that Jimmy Garoppolo is and yet still seems to find both sides of the fence as far as supporters and detractors. I listened to a couple podcasts today about the 49ers and one gave a you know a glowing speech and a big thank you send off to Jimmy Garoppolo and we're so happy for giving all you have for the organization and best luck and the other one simply said get the hell out of town man like I'm sick of this guy like I am done because he got all the all the blame and none of the credit dutifully deserved because the guy was responsible for every loss but not responsible for every win it's like the guy cannot find any gray space there he is black or he is white and it falls down to I mean, really, just what you value in a quarterback. Do you value wins? Do you value stats? Do you value, I don't know, how much a guy makes? He's just, he's in that weird space. And I don't know if too many quarterbacks can say the same. You're right. He is. And you said something there that, that caught my ear. Um, he, you know, doesn't get credit for the wins, but he gets the blame for all the losses. I think that's an interesting aspect to this because we are going to find out once and for all if Jimmy Garoppolo is a product of Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, or if this, you know, what he's shown with the 49ers is who he actually is. And I know there are people out there who think that this contract, again, you and I uh, both a little surprised that it, that it was what less than 23 million per year on average. Now it's not split up evenly into those numbers. You and I both thought it was going to be more. I thought it was going to be more than you did, but we both thought it was going to be higher than this. Is that the league saying, hey, Jimmy, we think Kyle Shanahan has a hand in your success? Is that what the league is saying? Is that what the the general uh, assumption is, the consensus around the NFL, around coaches, around general managers regarding Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. Maybe that's why he didn't get as much money as Geno Smith or as Derek Carr. And, of course, he was never sniffing $40 million like like Daniel Jones did. That might just be more of a knock on the Giants than anything else. Um, but I don't know. We're going to find out, I guess, once and for all. Now that he's a starting quarterback, presumably, outside of Kyle Shanahan's system, how does he perform? I, for one, am eager to find out. I'm not too confident it's going to be great. Um, but we do perhaps 
finally get the answer to is Jimmy Garoppolo good because of Kyle Shanahan or is he good because he's actually good? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And look, he's going to be with Josh McDaniels, who is his offensive coordinator in New England. So he's got some familiarity there. Uh, I personally wish him the best of luck. Did no harm to me, even though I may have harmed a lot of fans here. Uh, but but I'm curious, like you mentioned, I am curious to see what he does because I, I do think you're onto something. It's a fair point of like a lot of teams maybe saw as like, well, this seventh round pick just came in and was arguably better than True. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not so sure about this, but we'll see. We shall see. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. Follow him on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C. Grandy with an I. I'm Evan Giddings. You can follow me on social at egiddings10. Follow the 415ers at 415ers. Well, the reason that Garoppolo and his price may have been suppressed is probably the same reason why a new quarterback, Sam Darnold, I imagine was very happy to sign with the San Francisco 49ers. Not just the fact that he has some relation to the new defensive coordinator, having played for the Panthers last year, Steve Wilkes, and then now getting the chance to play with the 49ers. But he signs a one-year one year deal, Mark. Um, I, I think this is fascinating. Like The quarterback room just continues to throw different wrinkles in, whether because of injury or you know play or... I don't know, but right now you got three quarterbacks all at age 25 or younger and Darnold, at least for now, appears to be third on the pecking order. It does seem that way. Uh, my my first reaction when the Niners or when this was reported again, nothing is official until Wednesday, but when it was reported, my first reaction was, wow, they must not really be confident in Trey Lance. But the more that I thought about this as the day has gone on, Evan, I'm a little more of the belief that Sam Darnold has been brought in to be the third string quarterback. And unless, you know, things go poorly, potentially with Brock Purdy's rehab from UCL repair surgery, uh, maybe he's he's a second stringer for a couple of weeks, for a few weeks, and maybe he has to make a spot start here or there. Um but the bottom line is, Evan, and we've talked about this a lot this entire offseason, ever since Brock Purdy went down in the NFC Championship game, the Niners need three at least decent quarterbacks, uh, guys that they feel that if any one of them start, they could you know, win a game or two with. I think Sam Darnold fits that description. The only question for me is, and I'm sure this was a point of discussion during the negotiation process between Darnold and his agent and the 49ers is, Hey Sam, are you comfortable being a third string quarterback? Like, do you want to at least be a second string guy? Do you want a chance to win a starting job? Uh, because the Niners can come out and say, yeah, you'll have a chance, Sam. But it, I mean, the writing's on the wall. If Brock Purdy is healthy enough, he's going to be the starter. That's the one question I have. Sam, personally, if, if you were being honest, do you want to be a third stringer? Because I would be a little surprised if he would be. I don't know. Maybe that that's just me. I'm certainly, you know, putting my inserting myself into Sam Darnold's head. I don't know how he feels about this, but it seems to me like he wouldn't want to be a third string quarterback. And that's where my mind gets a little muddied on this uh, because you're right. It, it seems like he'd be in line to be the third stringer at best for the 49ers. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. One, there are multiple connections 
in San Francisco to Sam Darnold. Obviously, it mentioned Wilkes, his former interim head coach, who he started the last six games of the season for for the Panthers, nearly made the playoffs. Like Sam Darnold, objectively, was the best version of himself at the end of last season that he's been in his young career. Um, Secondly, there were reports that before the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017, that they were potentially interested in Sam Darnold coming out of college. So maybe Kyle Shanahan has has had his eye on this guy for a while uh, and in various capacities, not too sure. But if I'm Sam Darnold, the reason why I want to be in this quarterback room is yes, I'm sure the selling point is come in, you'll be our third guy. But as history has told us recently, you are one, maybe two injuries away from being the man. And if Sam Darnold feels like he can be the man on potentially a team with the best roster in the NFC, with the best weapons in football, well then, damn it, I might be willing to take a one-year flyer to try and just have the chance if two guys in front of me go down, or let's say I beat out one guy in front of me, I don't think necessarily that also leaves Brock Purdy out of that equation. I know people's mind first go to Trey Lance, but look, like, what does it mean for Trey? What does it mean for Brock? It means that there's another young, talented quarterback, maybe not as much as the other two, in your same room that has a chance to compete for that job and at the very least push you. So if you're Kyle Shanahan... Yes, I think it means that you don't have the utmost confidence in one of your guys, but I think that probably has to do more with both of those guys' uh, injury as far as Brock, and then, of course, injury plus lack of track record for Trey Lance. Sam Darnold doesn't have as much of a track record. He has a little more of an injury history as well, but if Shanahan is bringing in Steve Wilkes to be his DC, he's got a relationship, it probably just makes sense. And then Sam Darnold can take a flyer and try and make some more money next year if it doesn't work out. And at the very least, even if he doesn't play, he's still associated with a quarterback guru that I'm sure a lot of teams in the future will want to perhaps be interested in or at least associated with. So to me, it's, I guess it doesn't make um, you know sense if you want to be the starter like he was drafted to be a few years ago. But to me, I kind of see it as, as a win-win for Sam Darnold. And you know, maybe he lucks into a Jimmy Garoppolo situation, as we just saw, made $70 million. Maybe, and, and maybe he doesn't even play, but that could still rehab your image as a quarterback a little bit because you remember a couple of years ago, after a, a bad tenure with the Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky goes to be Josh Allen's backup in Buffalo, I think plays in mop-up duty, maybe plays the final week of the regular season, which didn't matter for the Bills, but other than that, didn't see the field. And then he was signed to be the starter for the Steelers. Now, he didn't play well, and he was replaced you know, midway through the season by a rookie, Kenny Pickett. Uh, but at, at least really not playing for a season behind a good quarterback on a good team earned him enough of a, I don't know, rehabbed image to get an opportunity to be a starter again. So maybe this is just a one-year sit. Let your your image rehab naturally, and then maybe you'll get a chance at a starting job elsewhere. Then it would be up to Darnold uh, to take advantage of that starting opportunity, which was not the case uh, for Mitch Trubisky. But I want to ask you, let's rewind a year ago, and the timeline doesn't exactly line up, but the 49ers were ready at this point last year to have Trey Lance be their starting quarterback. Uh, they had Nate Sudfeld, uh, mm-hmm. under contract, uh, mm-hmm. that's that, that last off season, they signed him and then they drafted 
Brock Purdy. And the expectation was Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be nowhere near this team. They were going to trade him, whatever. So the Niners basically were okay going into a football season, Evan. Trey Lance as starter, Nate Sudfeld as backup, Brock Purdy as third string. Compare that to Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. What group of three sounds better to you? Well, just based on, I know we just showed this guy the door, but I'll take the one with Jimmy Garoppolo in it. Just because I, I, I've i seen him. I, I know what he is. And I, I, I know that Brock Purdy was a sensation last year, but his future to me is also hazy. Like, I, I, th- I believe he's the best of the group and has separated himself from this current threesome. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to get better. I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to regress. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, like, do, do you, would you prefer this current quarterback room to the one from last year? Well, I don't know because it's because the Niners were set last offseason and not having Jimmy Garoppolo around anymore. Now, now maybe there there came a moment in the offseason where they figured, okay, you know what? There's a chance that this still does work out with Jimmy and we have him around and and that throws the whole discussion off. But they were fine, you know, moving on from him. I mean, that was very clear from the second that the NFC Championship game against the Rams ended. They were done with Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Trey Lance's team. They had Nate Sudfeld. They knew they were going to draft someone that ended up being Brock Purdy and the rest is history. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where I fall, but the fact is that the Niners were okay being without Jimmy Garoppolo last offseason. Now, of course, a bunch of things happened, and it totally changed. I don't know. Uh, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, those seem like three relatively competent quarterbacks to me, while last offseason, one of the three was Nate Sudfeld. That doesn't really do much for me. And one of the others was a seventh-round rookie quarterback who, of course, we know about now but weren't too confident in then. I don't know. I kind of have a different feeling about it. Well, I think it comes down to how much you trust Kyle Shanahan, and I think that he has really, if he hadn't already, solidified in a lot of people's minds what he can do with an average to below average quarterback and a guy with some semblance of talent in Brock Purdy. Trey Lentz didn't really get that shot, but – I do think if look, if you're looking to read into anything as far as Trey Lance is concerned, I do think it means this. It does not mean that Trey Lance's uh, job is on the hot seat or that he you know doesn't have a future in San Francisco beyond this season and a contract year. But what it does mean is he needs to play his ass off this summer. I mean, he needs to impress some people in OTAs and moving into the preseason because there is now a third member of this quarterback room that does have a track record, and even though it's not anything incredible, has shown that he can also win football games. And right now, what everyone has banked on the quarterback position in San Francisco, mainly due to Jimmy Garoppolo, is the fact that they can win games. So if Trey Lance is not doing anything unbelievable with you know how, how much he's grown as a, as a player, as a, as a signal caller, as a thrower, well, then he better win the few opportunities that he has given before even the season starts. Uh, otherwise, Sam Darnold might have a leg up. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, really, I really don't know because Brock Purdy, I'd like to think, is going to slot back in as the starter whenever he gets ready and is able to ramp back up towards the beginning of the season. Um, but, but Trey Lance, there is 
I guess, a little more pressure on him than there was before. Because like you mentioned, last year it was his job and not even a question of his job to lose. This year it does feel like it is more of a job to lose. I agree with you. Um, and, and that's why my my initial thought hearing the Sam Darnold news was they're not too confident in Trey Lance. Now, that still might be a little bit of, I don't know, I might be jumping the gun just a little bit here. But I, I'm not saying that Sam Darnold was brought in to be the starter, but I think there is at least a thought in the 49ers, you know, down in Santa Clara at Niners headquarters of, if Brock Purdy's not ready to go week one, week two, if he suffers an injury and is out here or there, is Trey Lance good enough to, to help us get it done? I'm not so sure because Sam Darnold, while it hasn't been pretty at times, um, he has shown glimpses of really good play. And you mentioned the connection to his former interim head coach and the team's defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, who's now the Niners defensive coordinator. Uh, you mentioned the Niners' interest in him coming out of the uh, out of the draft out of college. Dodged a bullet there with that one. Uh, but also, <laughs> I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was Sam Darnold's teammate for years, or for a year and a half. Um, and by all accounts, they are good friends. They get along well together. I mean, that was the team's starting quarterback and starting running back. Um, so I'm sure Darnold had conversations with Christian McCaffrey. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan had conversations with Christian McCaffrey about Sam Darnold and I don't know maybe McCaffrey said hey you know in the right situation this dude can play and, and he can win you some games I think Brock Purdy is still the starter that's that's not in question but I wouldn't be too shocked if you hear reports oh Sam Darnold looking good at offseason OTAs he has a good training camp and potentially if Brock Purdy isn't ready for week one week two Maybe it's a real conversation that comes down to the wire between Darnold and Lance. I think that's possible. So you still feeling like Trey Lance is going to play more games than Brock Purdy this year? That's a hot take of mine that I think is is not <laughs> going to even make through the month of March because I, I don't I, know. I don't know. Look, I I do think it it depends on how healthy, of course, Brock Purdy is. And again. Sam Darnold has not been an Iron Man. I mean, there's a reason he's signing a one-year deal as a 25-year-old with his <laughs> third team. Yeah. So, I don't I don't, don't count him out. I'm just trying to trying to uh, get your temperature on your hot take. I have uh, I lukewarm, lukewarm at best. Yeah. I mean, what what John Lynch said at uh, at the combine seriously changed my mind, changed my opinion. I I am not confident that the Niners have much confidence left in Trey Lance. Maybe I'm overreacting to, to one press conference by, by John Lynch, but ugh, I don't know. I, I don't think they think that Trey Lance is the answer. Hey, I overreact to a lot of things, uh, such as <laughs> Javon Hargrave being the signing of the summer <laughs> in the NFL. Book it. We're going to look back at this and feel like that $84 million is going to be a discount uh, even though he's 30 years old. So there, there's my scalding hot take of the day, Mark. How about okay, that? Yeah, I'll write it down. I'll write it down. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, check back in a, uh, check back on it in October, and we'll, and we'll see how it looks. Yeah, certainly hope so. Hope he plays <laughs> well. Hope all the 49ers play well. So they get Javon Hargrave. They sign Sam Darnold. They say au revoir to Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, they set the stage for another interesting summer. And we're going to have another interesting episode coming your way on Thursday where we can officially, I know we've kind of 
or at least I have, Mark. I've set things up as if they're already in place and the signings are done, but they put pen to paper or can officially on Wednesday. Uh, so that will be an interesting episode for sure. Stay on the lookout for that. We appreciate you tuning in to 415ers as always. Mark, my man, much appreciated. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You too, Evan. Looking forward to the next episode already. Yeah, who knows? 49ers might have another body. TVD, one probably not as big as Javon Hargrave, but we shall see. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the 415ers.